Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode um, of the Retail Podcast. So I love talking retail. I love talking to people that are in the sector. And today I'm joined by Miriam Simon. And if you don't know her, check her out. Her LinkedIn will be just underneath. Miriam is a business strategist and retail expert. And she's over 30 years experience in the retail industry in senior roles such as TK Maxx, Monsoon Accessories, Lifestyle Sports and B&Q. She's really passionate about small businesses and she founded the Retail Powerhouse in 2021. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. And the Retail Powerhouse, it gives live masterclasses from retail industry experts alongside commercial trading tips and support to really help nurture small businesses grow and really thrive in the marketplace. And she's highly experienced and qualified. Once you hear Rita, uh, Miriam talk about retail, you'll really know where her um, her niche is and how actually um, strong she is on the strategy piece. And um, she does courses in it. And um, she's she's also, I think, a director. Is she in the directors? Um, she's in the Institute of Directors as well. And she's also in the Drada District Chamber of Commerce. She gives loads of different talks. Her website is just underneath definitely check her out she's on linkedin as well um i came across miriam a long time ago um and i love listening to her speak i love hearing her talk about retail um and she's really interested insights especially on i suppose the innovation piece within retail and the tech piece in retail starting from the beginning miriam i suppose um when you left your kind of retail career and you're going to set up uh, your business now that it is. Um, can you talk us through that, I suppose, a little bit, um, Miriam, would be great. The, the, the process of going, I, I kind of accidentally went into business. So I, um, I had a lot of people who told me, my husband included, said I should go out on my own. And I, I wasn't brave enough. And um, it was actually a little bit of fate. My, my, my dad got very ill and he lived in the UK. And in order to be able to... Um, be there for him and to to move backwards and forwards I needed to be in more control of what I was doing and I at the time I was used to being in these really big corporate roles but you know yourself they're so all-consuming that they're 24-7 you can't just disappear for a week here because somebody has treatment or you know whatever so I kind of uh my first year in business was a complete washout because I didn't have a clue what I was doing didn't know what I wanted to do uh, I was a bit lost. I, I was trying to deal with the whole family thing. Uh, so I, I was ac- I accidentally fell into business, should I say. And so year one, not great. Got a mentor um, about halfway through year one who was exceptional um, and um, gave me a kick up the bum and, and gave me a little bit of structure. And I, I think I took 80 percent of my turnover for my first year in business in the last four months of the year. Um, once I had a rhythm and routine sorted and then um, the last lot of years has been the more I've just lent into the things that I enjoy and I I, I, I do what I enjoy the better business has been so um, and that might sound like it's a pin money business and it's not I am the main breadwinner you know it's a serious business that I run but I uh, really believe that life is too short and so I do I have probably um, a little bit of a patchwork business. I do lots of things that I really enjoy. And I I find that because I'm doing lots of different things, that actually makes me more valuable to my clients because I have a lot of, I have a wider perspective. I hope that makes sense. That might sound a bit random, but I I do lots of different things. So I, I, I work with retailers. I do a little bit of work with, um, with um in, in the digital space i'm a complete luddard myself by the way so i am really nerdy and fascinated by what's going on but my technical abilities myself are are absolutely sugar honey iced tea but i um so i lean into that i do a bit of work with um european innovation council and 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 what's you know that gives you really huge 
macro trends of what's coming down in in the world you get to see through that and then i um i do a bit of work with enterprise ireland mentoring i do some work with falsha around tourism so um and i um do a bit of corporate work around um executive and and board um structure and um uh, and uh, coaching or not mate, really more mentoring um, people who are in first level board appointments. So so it's a real um, patchwork, but it actually really works for me. Do you know, it, it really works for me. Uh, my main business is my one to one clients. Yeah, so that would be the, the chunk of my of my business. But the other things are um, equally as valuable in in what I gain from them, you know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I suppose what there's people listening to this, I suppose, Miriam, and um, they might be feeling that they're a little bit lost. They've maybe they're in business. Maybe they're feeling it's it's not the right fit. It's not, you know, bringing them where they want to go to. What kind of was there any kind of light bulb moments or realizations when you were in business? That you said, do you know what, like what, what, what kind of gave you that direction, I suppose, because you did say you felt a little bit lost. Was you know, absolutely. That first year. So, so I went out and I thought, well, do you know what? I have this huge retail career and I'm commercial, so I'll just become a consultant. Do you know, that's what I thought I would do. And uh, first of all, um, and uh, well, I did the, the obligatory, it feels almost like a rite of passage. I, I went and I did my 140 hours of coaching uh supervision to 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 be qualified as a as a as a formal executive coach. So I did that all first. And that taught me that I'm 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 actually coaching is a tool that I might use, but I'm I'm that's not what I want to do for a living. It's it's just a tool that I would use. Um for me, I I was sort of went out and I I was looking for consultancy work and business advisory work and it was all a little bit fluffy and loose and by the time you got the gig with the company you'd already done more work than they were going to pay you for to get the gig and it was just too hard and I wasn't enjoying it um so the the best advice I can give is find something that you're really good at or that you really enjoy and those two te- things do tend to be the same thing quite often so, you know, they, they they really do. So find something that you're good at and you really enjoy it and lean into that because the more, you know, I, I think I'm good because I love it, not because, do you know what I mean? I, I'm a bit, I love it. So, uh, so a lot of work doesn't feel like work, you know? So I, I think that's what it, what it's about. And I love that I'm, I'm still involved in retail and I, I work with, um, with six formal clients a year on a, on a one-to-one. And then I have the retail powerhouse, which I love too, because that's the, the SME side of retail. And it's, it's, it's great, you know, some of our greatest innovators in retail are SMEs these days. We saw the pandemic flipped the power, if if that makes sense, yeah. because these guys can move faster. So that's uh, really cool. But I love getting external um, external perspective. So I, I network with a lot of non-retail people. So, you know, I have good friends that are in construction, that it might be in recruitment, that might be in... I don't know, all different types of uh, industries. And and if I need perspective on my business, I usually go outside my own industry to look for it because we're, we, you can be in a an echo chamber when you, you know, when, you, when you're a retailer, you go to conferences and you just talk to other retailers and that's got some value. But actually quite often, it's very good to get a perspective from a, a, a different industry, I find. So that first year I was really lost I was trying to be a consultant. I didn't know what a consultant was. <laughs> I was and uh, it was just really hard work getting paid because people hear the word consultant and they think, gosh, that's really expensive, do you know? So so I, I uh, the first couple of clients were the hardest to land. And 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 I think there's a bit of a a rite of passage in that. Um, because those, uh, you know, those first clients that I landed are still with me, can I just say, all of these years later, because uh, they, uh, well, they probably got a brilliant deal. But, but uh, uh, you know, business 
especially when you are self-employed is is really very much about trust so it's it's about um really um thinking about what you can do for the business that you're working with rather than for yourself and i see a lot of you know i do a lot of mentoring and i see a lot of really talented people who don't do that well and it's because they're thinking about what's in it for them instead of what's in it for the people that they're helping so so I, I'm going off on a tangent here. Um, no, no, I, I think I think there's there's actual gold in what you're saying because yeah. uh, it it's about giving people more in use value than your than they're giving you in monetary value. Absolutely, it, it it's about yes. value, not cost. It's about exactly. value, not cost, and 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 actually trust is also really important. Mm-hmm. So I do I do think that. Um, it is, you know, I, I, I mentor all different levels of businesses and, and you can see there are some businesses where the the sale is the most important part. The chase is the most important part to them. And um, and that's a recipe for disaster. So it, it, the focus should not be on the pipeline and the, the focus should be on the the absolute quality of the relationships that you're building and and actually the more that you do for other people so so and again this is a fine line the more generous you are the more lucky you become i have i have to say and 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 i um have truly truly experienced that so yeah yeah i think that's a great lesson for anyone um because i think what you said there, the generosity, and I think the trust, that trust piece, and I think this is where it's hard with people that are probably starting up or trying to trying to get money into their business. That takes time. You yeah. know, you don't get someone's trust really quick. You know, you have to build that relationship up and nurture it. And I think that's that's where, you know, you get that trust over time. And that takes, I- yeah. I, I I agree. And I, I think probably if I, I and and uh, gosh, this is really harder conversation than I was expected to be. The, the, uh, I think that first year in business, you probably need to over really like uh, like I probably still try and over deliver. I probably do a lot more than, you know, because I, uh, you know, particularly when somebody takes a retainer with me. I try and in that very first meeting, I will try and pay for that whole retainer for them. So they walk away from the very first meeting going, do you know what? Even if we don't do the rest of the six months or the year, I've already had my value here. So so I I, I probably am very much about if if you give me for 10, I'll give you for 100, do you know? So so it's about over delivering. But um. But I actually just really enjoy what I do. So it doesn't feel like work a lot of the time. Do you know, I, I'm really lucky. I'm really lucky. And I'm really sorry I didn't go into business much sooner than I did. In hindsight, that's the only regret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you came out, you were a little bit foggy. You'd done a little bit of, you said you'd done a little bit of mentoring and coaching and stuff. I did. Now, what? so I probably had been inadvertently pivoting for about 10 years so so when I was with um back when I was with TK Maxx so TK Maxx was was kind of it was amazing business and um I um was uh their AVP for Ireland and it was huge turnover and uh, it was kind of my my devil's advocate years I call it because that that business owned me you know and and it was very dynamic I loved it. Um, I I did a great job for them. We grew the business tremendously. I learned a lot from them operationally. They were um, exceptional. Um, but what that, um, it felt very much, it was a big American corporation and it was all about money. And to offset that, I started to mentor for Enterprise Ireland so that I could feel that I was doing something that wasn't, to, to give something back if that makes sense to, to 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 create a bit of balance so and i've been mentoring for enterprise iron probably for about 
12 or 13 years now, actually possibly even longer. And that actually was that was to do something that was business related, but that was a bit um, that that wasn't just about paying the bills. It was it was actually about feeling good about myself. And um, so that would have been back in 2007, 2008. I would have started doing that. And I really enjoyed it. But what it did was it opened a door that, that, to things that weren't retail for the first time. Because so, so again, I, I was an accidental in retail. I was supposed to be doing an accountancy degree. And I took a year out to get the money together to pay for my digs and took a retail trainee manager position. And then, you know, I, I didn't go back to do the degree until a company paid for it many years later. Yes. So um, so I think what happened was um, TK Maxx, I started mentoring and that took me into people who were um, creating products for the first time, which was a different aspect of retail. And then slowly we started to see a, a lot of uh, tech stuff coming through and, and, then, and then that led me into, so I started to mentor more and more for them throughout my career so even though I'd be in a corporate job I would give so many hours a week to mentoring um small emerging businesses and and in hindsight that was probably the beginning of a pivot that okay you know, yeah yeah that was the breadcrumbs nearly that led you back that, yeah. uh, and, and probably helped me with to have the confidence to go out yeah. on my own because I had experience that was outside because when you're in those big corporate jobs you're very um you're very cushioned I'm, I'm gonna regret saying like I, I when I was with TK Maxx for example I had a PA I had somebody who did my emails I had so if I needed to present something somebody else would prepare it you know I I didn't need to do an awful I they you know somebody would come and collect you and drive you places because they just needed you to be on and a hundred percent all of the time it was real pow 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 and um and that was great but then when I went out into business on my own years later I was thinking like there's loads of skills I don't <laughs> how the hell do I pull an excel spreadsheet together I had to learn how to do really yeah. basic functional you know tools that's that, that got you know like uh modern world problems but um so there was the, the there was almost uh you know I had lots of knowledge but I needed to learn how to do really basic things you know I needed to learn how to, how do I pull a spreadsheet together so I can manage my own accounts how do I you know create a, a document so that I can send somebody an invoice so um yeah I'm looking back and realizing how um how absolutely rubbish I was at the beginning <laughs> <laughs> I love your honesty do you know what I mean because yeah. There is real authenticity in what you're saying, Miriam. Do you know what I mean? And I think so many people can resonate with that. That you do go out and you you might have an idea of it, but it's never it's never a hundred percent what you think it's going to be until you actually go out and no, do it. And and never, and no, and it's not. No. It's really not. No. And being a small business is a small business. So so I remember when I went out, everybody wanted to meet me and everybody was trying to sell me things. And I didn't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so it's kind of like a bartering thing that, that that kind of emerged in that first year you know people would say oh you need my let me tell you how to message and I was like well I, you know I don't have the money to give you to tell me how to message you know give me something up front so there's there's that push pull in that for you know uh, I I feel you know, I I think we should give medals to people who got. You know, the the supports are really good. To be fair, but I think the awareness of what supports are there are not great. You know, we don't like. I if I would have used a lot more supports if I'd have been aware that they were there in that first year. Yeah, and in the end, I I actually bit the bullet and I paid a really uh, fabulous mentor to mentor me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think mentors are and I think coaches and stuff like that. And, and you touched on the word and I love the word perspective because it not only comes into probably my personal, but also my professional yeah. life quite a lot and my family life, believe it or not. We, we talk a lot about it with, within my immediate family, but um, I think a mentor and a coach is, is giving you a level of perspective of getting out of your own head that sometimes is needed because we can get in our own way. 
Um, absolutely you yeah. can and, and and the more perspectives you can get the the better and there there's a lot of truth so so perspective is everything i i and and uh i do believe that um everything happens for you do you know so uh and and that that make, make me sad i have not had this lovely little cushy life do you know but but even the bad stuff you know it, it's usually the path to something else so I do I do genuinely have a lot of faith that things happen for you not to you and and I think that's a really important perspective to have particularly if you are in in, in business you know I think you need to have a a little bit of trust in yourself and your decision making so um so I think there's a little bit of that as as well do you know yeah I think it's it's strange I think because I think when I don't know about you, Miriam, but I think for myself, like working for retail companies and different size businesses from franchises, family run to, to large multinationals, that you are in an environment, right, where you do, you are being looked after, right? Yeah. And then you go out on your own. And I think the biggest thing for me was mindset. A huge thing was mindset, was yeah. actually figuring out how I actually get in the way. And it was funny because, you know, working for companies, my performance would have been quite high, Miriam. So if you said to me, oh, sure, set up my own bit, I'd have that same performance. Yeah. But it's different because we're actually being presented with different things, different challenges. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And do you, do you know, uh, uh, and this might sound a bit woo-woo, but the, the, just before I made the jump, I actually um, did a course in meditation and it was something that I would never have considered if you'd have said that to me three or four years before you know go and do a course in transcendental meditation I'd have gone oh that's a bit woo woo you know you'll be asking me to levitate next and I I went to do it and I absolutely it's and I I have I'm very well schooled I have done like I've been trained with an inch of my life by lots of big corporates you know Burton Group more or less put me through school you know uh, I've I've I um I've had a, a immense training and and money invested into me over the years but probably the best um the best money I ever spent was this money to go and learn how to meditate and and that was really about um, quite, you know, it's a uh, Shane Craddock talks a lot about uh, he's a, a mentor. He talks a lot about the snow globe that is our head and, you know, our, our we, the snowflakes are always going and you just need to let the snow settle. And it's an amazing analogy, really. And meditation really helped me to settle a very busy mind so that I could think with real clarity and um and get right to what i needed so from a life skill point of view um it, it's not business training but from a life skill point of view it was probably the best investment i ever made mm. i think that the difference is when you're working in a company and um, your your own personality doesn't come into it as much as when you start up your own business because Absolutely. you are you are the business you are the personality the business is you and you are the, you know and then it's really strange to say it but but for me anyways you know by god did i figure out how you know how, in the nice way how flawed in a way right my my brain operates in, in, the, in the best way possible because i figured out god above louise like I was kind of going, my focus, I really had to go back to what you said there. Not until I left working for companies did I realize how busy my mind actually is, because it's not until you don't have that, you know, a marketing department pushing promotions, a buying yeah. department where you go sort out my min maxes, yeah. you know, you have, you know, you have a team around you. So you don't identify, I suppose, the areas that you, you, you need to focus on within yourself as much as when you do go out and set up your own business, you're going, Jeannie Mac, I need to sort this out. <laughs> you know, yeah, th this needs, I need to get better at this or I need to figure out why I'm operating in this capacity in order to, 
you know, you know, to, to, to get better, you know, and it could be a focus thing. It could be a clarity thing. Yeah. Um, it could be that you love new, you could be jumping from one thing to the next. So you're not finishing the first thing you start and, you know, all these kind of little things that kind of get in the way really sometimes when you're trying to get things done, but, but, but it's really interesting. Uh, you learn a lot about yourself, I think, as a person. You do. You 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 absolutely do. Um, you learn a lot about how you react when yeah. when the chips are down as well, and and how you react when there's when there's stress because you don't have that security net. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I think there's it's more about not getting in your own way then, and and not you know and and you know a, a lot of it uh, is about faith actually. That sounds and I don't mean that in a religious way. I just mean in in a um belief and um like i i think if you are if you're reasonably with it and you are focused on living um I, you know my goal in life is to live an authentic life and to be true to myself and i i'm in business because i want to work with people that i want to work with and i um want to do things that interest me because if they interest me I'll be excited about them and therefore I'll be good at them naturally do you know so and if I can live an authentic life then that's a good life do you know and that that means that I'm I I, I will get more and enjoy more of my life I did have a phase where I you know for about 20 years I was in board roles I was running these very very large companies um and I felt that I was doing a great job and the you know and and you, when you're in these big jobs everything is urgent and everything is oh everything is urgent and you're because you're on the hamster wheel and you don't realize until you come away from it that it's not really urgent do you know <laughs> when you're in it it's urgent everything's urgent and everything is so uh, uh, you know i i think the the greatest thing anybody can do for themselves is to live a life that is authentic for them and to uh and it it's not all about having jolly holidays and 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 doing things you like but it it's about um being authentic to yourself and and authentic to your values and um i think if you do that you you know that's as close to a good life as i would hope for anyway do you know yeah 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 and it's really interesting about the values piece because and beliefs you know and, and the role they're playing in your life at the moment and and the, and the role they'll play in in, in what will bring about what you're going to get further down the road, whether you attract yeah. that towards you, whether you want. And um, there's a really good book called Aligned, and and a lady called Hortez Legentier wrote it, and and she was on the podcast before. And what I loved about the book, Miriam, was that she talked around. She was she was at a she's at a CEO level in, in a large manufacturing company, and she just wasn't happy. Mm. She'd all the money in the world, but she just felt there was something missing. There was that kind of hole. There was something missing there. Um, and 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 when she went back and looked back in her childhood and followed those little breadcrumbs, yeah. what brought passion and, and happiness inside within her and made her excited. Um, it was horse riding. And and what wow. was what was about the horse riding was connecting and the relationships. Yeah. So she went into coaching. Because it was a relationship piece, but I just think it's 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 interesting what you're saying around values and beliefs. Because when we feel that we're a little bit lost, sometimes I think, and we're maybe we're not doing work that maybe gives us that level of fulfillment that we would want to have. There's little breadcrumbs there, and and it's about joining the dots and 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 and, and doing what you've done. And and seeing where where those moments yeah. were, you were happy and you got a little, you know, you said the mentoring and stuff like that that you really enjoyed, yeah. um, that it's there, but we're just not maybe seeing it. Um, also, do you know, like I think when people, I think there's a lot. Uh, oh God, I I'm sounding all like a uh, like new age here, and uh, that's what oh, that was I love my it. intention. But th- there's there's a lot to be said about. Um, you know if you're feeling lost go and do something for somebody else mm. because it's 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 probably you know there there is huge um huge benefit in generosity and and uh you know there's huge benefit in doing something for somebody else without expecting anything in return and and 
because you do get something. It, it, it's the whole giver's gain thing. Do you know what I mean? So if you're lost, the, the best thing you can do is go and volunteer and do like, like that. When I was lost, I, I, I did a lot more voluntary work, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'd, I love that. It's yeah. so interesting you said that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, it is and true. It, it mm. is true and, yeah, I, and again yeah. it, it's about um it's about uh, having a rich life and a rich life isn't necessarily all money do you know what I mean if you have enough you have enough as long as you've got enough but um it's more about um um having a rich and fulfilled life so I, I would say you know that first year of of business when you're out on your own it's really tough I've had a few ex-colleagues that have done it and I've uh, I've I've tried to be first in line to help them to make it easier for them than it was for me you know yeah the, the, the more you can you can do that the better it is it, it that first year of business is tough when people especially for people who have um gone out unexpectedly or it wasn't a, a major plan and, and that happens a lot that actually happens a lot um believe it or not um you you know um you're you're uh, a bright young thing, but you I I do see a lot of people who uh, uh, they'll hit a certain age in the boardroom and and suddenly they they're not feeling as welcome there. Do you know? Mm. So, um and and so they may pivot. They may pivot. And there's you know that that's not what I do for a living is help people with career pivots. But I have I have done so over the years. Yeah. But um, I do think it is. Uh, that it, there is a piece there around finding out who who they are and leaning into that a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the I suppose moving on from that, I suppose you 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 started up. You've those fantastic clients that you said you started the retail powerhouse in twenty twenty one. Miriam, how did that come about? Was that an idea you had in your head? Was that something that purely accidental? Okay. <laughs> the so, accidental <laughs> so 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 uh what's it gonna say it's uh, uh and it's not uh, uh i do it because i enjoy it i don't yeah. i make very little it's not really a, a big chunk of business for me yeah. uh, but i but i love it so so what happened in 2020 was that um so I, I didn't say before so when i first went into business i sort of veered away from retail um and then slowly came back to it because it's what i i know um, and then in 2020, when um, when the the shit hit the fan with the pandemic, pardon my language, um, I I got asked to to help lots of groups of retailers all over the country. So I found that from a corner of my living room, I was doing lots of um, zooms and uh, presentations about right. This is this is how to not go belly up this is how to keep money coming in and I was doing talks all over the country Waterford Donegal Sligo um um everywhere uh, like dozens and dozens and dozens of talks and my phone was going non-stop and and um but these were um SMB retailers um that were you know they they might have won store and uh, that they th and maybe it's a store they inherited and it had been in the family or it was one store they were running and a lot of these guys we we forget how fast this digital revolution has been so in 2020 mo most retailers that were at that level a lot of them would not have had a website and a lot of them would not have even been on facebook let's be honest mm -hmm. because these were traditional sme retailers so my phone was going non-stop and and i was finding because you you want to help people you don't want people to lose their business so i was like on the phone for like 16 17 hours a day and i was like I, this is not sustainable so that's so the retail powerhouse came about from a point of view of um I was having the same conversation 20 times a day. Let's have the same conversation once and, and help everybody, you know, at the same time. And so that that's how the retail powerhouse came about. And then um, I had some great, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I know lots of people uh, in, in retail. So I, I would make it my business to find out, right, if these guys are going to be on Instagram, who can I get who's going to make sure they're good on Instagram? Or if they're going to be doing live videos from a closed shop during a, a lock lockdown, 
Um, who can I get that will show them how to do that well? And then I, I'm there to give them the right, because I'm quite good at spotting the trends and spotting what's going to happen from a trading point of view before it does. So I would be there from a point of view of, right, let's talk trading strategy. So the the whole idea was to, it's really um, to, to give these guys a support. And then it, it's at the beginning, it was totally free. And then we put a small nominal fee on it so that people would value it because there has to be some value, if that makes sense. But it's, it's a very low cost monthly uh, fee. So, um, so we 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 it, it sort of evolved out of a need that was there at the time. So, um, and we still do. We we meet twice a month. We do uh once a year. I'll do a retail safari, and um the it, there's um there's a the obligatory Facebook group, and 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 we have a group and a, a problem solving group as well. And uh and I would keep these guys really up to speed so and and actually what's been really interesting is how much there's so much amazing innovation emerging in in Ireland that has come from the pandemic onwards we're we're seeing amazing innovation and to be fair I know um I know uh, it's not cool to say the government does good things, but the response to the pandemic for retail was actually pretty good for, between the trade and online vouchers and the mentoring that was available. The supports were really good and we're beginning to see the innovation that's come out of that. And the these um, in, Indies uh, SME retailers, a lot of them are the first to adapt the new technology. So you're seeing, um, you know, you're seeing small businesses that are actually doing things that are a little bit more nimble than a lot of the big guys because they don't have to they don't have to convince 36 shareholders and stakeholders. They can just move with it. And a lot of the new innovation is, you know, a, a website used to be a really clunky, expensive thing. And you can actually do a pretty good website reasonably inexpensively now. And and the uh, a lot of the innovation that's coming through are bolt-ons that are just plug-in and plays. So we're seeing that uh, the, the small retailers that are with it and are commercial are actually more adaptable and more able to survive than the big guys and 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 we've borne witness to that over the last three years yeah yeah Yeah, it's fantastic that's such a great service to give them um miriam because i think from my own experience speaking to independence and that i would kind of work with with isme um a lot of them um and, and and this is only from my own perspective can get kind of tunnel vision because they're in their own their own shop, their own independent. And Absolutely. Many of the times, I think what's great about the group that you have many times, if we just had more conversations with other people, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, the same place, but as in even our neighbours on the road, even, the, you know, the other Absolutely. Street, high street just talking to even the cafes the hospitality and retail have so many different they have so many similarities they do kind of coming together and talking about well you know we're not getting a lot of traffic in the street can we maybe go to the council and talk about maybe having a a free hour parking you know for whatever mums that are going to you know different kind of things we can come up with um to to support one another because i think it is about that kind of support and, and and bringing people together and collaborating more and, and, you know, I, I think prior to the pandemic, you would have seen uh, a lot of retailers would have been like, no, I'm not sharing anything I'm doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to tell you where to get good packaging because, you know, or I'm not going to 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 tell you about this because if you take that 10 euros, oh God, I could have had that 10 euro. And I, I think that mentality is uh, has has is a lot less now. I think mm-hmm. people realize that there is. Um, much more power in networks and much more power in groups and you know um you know we saw some of the the small retailers that we started working with in that first lockdown had really high double digit growth despite their shops being closed for a big chunk of that year really high double digit growth year on year year on year so um i think the power of uh networks is is um it's very strong the power of collaboration and and working with other business and and again it's it's um it's about um 
talking to just because somebody else is a retailer in your town doesn't mean that they're in competition with you. Do you know, you, you, the, the, it's, it's about working together. What is it they say? Um, you know, the, uh, the, the, the tide raises all boats, so to speak. So, so it is about the, the, the common good and, and, uh, and working together. And I've really seen in the retail powerhouse, you know, you, I, I, I've boutiques in there and, there'll be somebody I'll ask a question and one of the more experienced boutiques will be the first one in to say no this is be this 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 and this and and they they really do help each other out I've seen members of the group uh, there was one um, boutique that was growing and one of the other boutiques took them on a buy-in trip with them so I've seen some amazing collaboration so I think the more you can be um you know, a little bit more open. Uh, it's not about being totally open, but a little bit more open and a little bit more collaborative in how you're going to work. I think, I think the better. And hospitality, and also the beauty industry, and re like, in my opinion, everybody is retail. If you're in business, you're in retail because you're transacting. You know, so we're all retailers essentially. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think that is the 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 real value of it. To to be fair. Yeah, yeah, bringing people together, yeah. Um, I suppose going into kind of trends that you're seeing, and obviously you 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 talk a lot about this, uh, Miriam. A lot of your kind of your your content, even online, is around, I suppose, retail trends, things that you're seeing. Um, I think I seen one of your posts where there's a little little kind of a hologram person yeah. sitting on on, and I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And I was going, wow, talk about wow in the customers, you know what I mean? It, it's it's at another level. Um, can you maybe share kind of a couple of things that you see coming down the line that maybe retailers maybe need to look into or maybe um, ones that you feel are going to really, really be taken off? Yeah, so so uh, uh, there's, I'm going to answer this in two parts. The first part is that we are in this digital revolution, right? And it's moving really faster than anything we've ever seen before. So if if I just talk you through the timeline, so 2020, um, a lot of retailers will have got online for the first time, will have got on social media for the first time. So 2020 was about get a digital footprint quickly, get a website, get yourself on Facebook and Instagram. 2021 was the year of um, virtual reality. So the Oculus headset, Meta bought the Oculus headset. It was all about virtual reality. 2022, um, we um, couldn't stop talking about the metaverse. So it was all about the metaverse. And then Meta, well, Facebook rebranded to Meta and we were all going to be living in the metaverse. And then this year, all we're talking about is AI. So AI is all we're talking about this year. And it's all really interconnected. So next year, we will be talking about mixed reality. So we had we saw the goggle glasses come out earlier this year, and they were really expensive and the, the mixed reality glasses. But next year, we're going to see two or three of these glasses emerge in the market that will be more affordable, that will have better battery life. And over the next couple of years, mixed reality will be this link. So um, where you know you wearing your glasses like this and you'll talk to your glasses and then they'll give you the instructions up in the top corner this all sounds like the minority report movie it's all but it is actually happening and it's happening really quickly and i would say by the end of this decade we will probably not be using these so much because it will be wearables it'll be glasses that we're wearing or the watch that we're wearing or be, a mixed reality is going to be the thing that that um, helps take it forward I think so that, that's just to give you we're on this really fast doo -doo 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 progression of, of, of digital but from a really practical taking money point of view which is actually what I'm really about and um, because all of that flash that's all just flash me nerding out at what's happening but um, there are four things I would say that retailers need to to be looking at now and I actually only got asked this question last week so the first one is marketplaces. So if you think over a third of every, uh, over a third of all sales online in the world at the moment are happening on marketplaces. I think it's 35% was the last call. So if you are not looking at marketplaces as a secondary income channel, 
you're missing a beat here. And and the, the problem is it's going to get harder and harder and harder to compete with these marketplaces. So you kind of need to be in the game, so to speak. So um, digital marketplaces are going to be a really big deal. Um, TikTok. So we've been saying for the last year, you need to get on TikTok, you need to get on TikTok. It's not just for kids. It's not just for kids. Uh, uh, the Amazon Prime sale that happened in middle of July there um, was a record Amazon Prime sale, uh, but a huge amount of the search. This is where the, the consumer trend changed. A huge amount of the search for what to buy happened on TikTok. So what we're beginning to see, we're seeing two things here from a from a behavior point of view. We're seeing that TikTok is now emerging as a major search engine for what's on trend or what's the best. Or so if you are somebody that sells, you know, um, Kettler barbecues or, you know, or or something like that, you want to make sure that you have TikTok so that if somebody is searching, you will appear on TikTok. So TikTok is now emerging as a search engine. But the second thing that it's also taught us is that um, the consumer wants more entertainment. So they're not happy to scroll. So we know that static images don't do anything for people on social media anymore. It's all about video now, but it's actually not even all about video now. It's all about entertainment. So if you are not on TikTok, you need to get a presence on TikTok. And then the final thing I'll say about TikTok is that it is highly likely they have watched all of this activity that led to all of those amazing record sales for Amazon. They're not going to sit there and continue to do that. They're going to want to do something themselves. So we're going to see TikTok become more commercially um, a marketplace itself. So TikTok. So number one, marketplaces. Number two, TikTok. Number three, WhatsApp shopping. I think that's going to arrive very soon also. So if I was a retailer now and I had an email database and I, I had done all of the other things, I would be beginning to harvest WhatsApp details and I would be talking to customers to say, join our WhatsApp group now so that when Meta go live with WhatsApp shopping, I'm ready to be a first mover because actually um, WhatsApp shopping has the capacity to be absolutely enormous. You know, you just send a text and you purchase something. So I would be ready to be a first mover on that. And then the fourth thing I would do is I would start to think about and look at voice recognition because as as humans, we are becoming lazier and lazier and lazier. So we went from writing emails. Now we like text and Slack and texting. And now it's voice chipping. And, you know, so voice recognition, I, I think, will be really, really key. So the, the first couple of years of the of the pandemic was really about getting online and having a good functioning website. It's now about softening that and making it less functional and, and more warm and more like being in store. So I do think um, we're going to see we're going to see lots of bolt ons. Like if you if you ever at any of my talks, they give lots of examples of these. So if you look at my social media, you'll see lots of examples of these amazing plug in and play that that actually just really enhance that whole online experience as well as the store experience which is now more important than ever may i also say but yeah so voice recognition whatsapp marketplaces and tiktok those would be four things i would have very high on my radar if i was a retailer now yeah 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 really interesting and i, I, think I probably could have answered that a lot faster i'm so sorry no 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 it's no it is but it's it's interesting because um i see it as well i think i think where content should be we're, we're not we're and it goes back i suppose to the kind of core element is you know we buy through stories we buy through emotional connections and when we create content where we connect with the customer and engage with them in a meaningful yeah. way and um, that product is you know and and there was some statistic actually it was really interesting around i can't remember the exact percentage Miriam, at the top of my head but it was around um, we're always shopping subconsciously. So even if I'm scrolling on my phone, just because I'm not, you know, walking into, we're always shopping. We're always looking for things to buy. And I think a really good, really good one was um, 
you know, this kind of thing. And I just think Amazon do it really well. And I'd love to see more SMEs doing it where you can put things in your basket and they're doing this in the States a lot. Um, and it's saved in the basket for when you get paid. So you can buy yeah. it later. So having that function available on your, your app, your store, whatever it is, your website that, you know, I can put it in my favorites or store later when I get paid. And I just thought like, it's things like that, that we're, you know, that, that, you know, my wish list or whatever that might be, you know, that I'm going to come back and buy it again, that we're, that's a user friendly, you know, function. That's a that's a really good idea. The, the, there also is what we are seeing is everything has become more and more and more instant. So yes. if you look at how we pay for things compared to how, you know, the, you used to like have to, I, I couldn't tell you how many websites I'd like nearly wanted to throw my laptop out the window because it took so long to, to, yeah. to make it set. Now it's like tap and gone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Everything is instant. So so actually you'll find that there'll be a lot of businesses that don't want you to put it in a wish list basket because then you've got time to consider it. Do you know what I mean? And and this is the, the this is maybe um one of the uh depends on which side of the coin you're looking at. This is maybe one of the dangers with uh AI from a commercial point of view, that our ability to critically think is is diminishing a little bit here because um the algorithms know us too well. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So so it's 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 as a watching yeah. it. I'm I'm watching it with um with fascination and, and trepidation in equal measures. So mm. yeah. And I think it, it's really interesting what you said because I think those trends are really coming from what those customers and what the market is telling us. And I think a lot of the time I see where the issue is, is that retailers or businesses actually lose sight to what their customers actually want. What would make it an easier shopping experience? So would it be an easier shopping experience and a more enjoyable one if we were to put it in the basket because maybe they don't get paid till the end of the month or maybe they get paid on a Friday and they're looking at it on a Monday and they don't have the money in there. So, you know, are we looking at it from that perspective? Um, and, and I think if, if we've done a little bit more around that, a little yeah. bit more around our research, a little bit more around making it as seamless as possible to buy. So if you have the QR code in the window display and they're passing by and you have the whole outfit there, yeah. you can go into a basket and that they can come back and buy. Absolutely. You know, and and, and yeah. good retail is all about removing obstacles at the yes. end of the day. It's yeah. about removing any obstacles. So um that that is good retail. And and if you're if you're making it hard for your customer to purchase, then like come on. Like, but but I, I think what tends to happen, mm-hmm. and it happens in all sizes of businesses, is that what happens is you forget the customer's perspective somewhere on the journey and you're just thinking about your own perspective. And that's when things tend to go wrong. That's when things go wrong. So it is um it's it's about keeping the customer perspective first and foremost. Yeah. And we're back to that word perspective again, which I love. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it comes into so many different elements. I love that. I love that there is there is a theme and I love it. Um with within. Um it's been really great talking to you today, Miriam. We've talked about loads of different things. I think there's loads of great insights from mindset to journeys to looking yeah. at your own journey, looking at the outside, looking at the marketplace. Um and it was really great to have you on the podcast today. And um, where can people find you, Miriam, that they're going, okay, I really want to book her in. I really want to get a chat. Where can people reach out to you on? You can um, you can go online to miriamsimon.ie and drop me a message. And we're pretty responsive. Um, uh, or you'll catch me on LinkedIn or on Instagram. Uh, again, miriamsimon.ie. But um but yeah, no, uh, 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 nice chatting with you. Tough, tough chat, actually. Uh, uh, tough chat. Usually people just want to talk shop. So uh, <laughs> thank you. Thanks a million. Thanks so much, Mary. It was lovely to have you on. I'll have Miriam's links just underneath. Give her a follow. Check out her content and reach out to you for any questions. She's full of wisdom in the retail space. Thanks so much for coming on, Miriam. I know. Listen, thank you. Talk to you Thanks soon. Again. Bye.